0: is brought to you. We love us some Rothies here at the Sarah Fraser Show. We're all about them. In fact, I actually just ordered a new pair because the baby's coming, and I know I'm going to be walking around when Mama Frege is here, and I got the yellow candy stripe lace-up. They're adorable, and they're so comfortable. And, of course, the best part is, is the sustainability, which I will tell you all about. But Rothies, you need to order right now. Comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags make getting dressed so easy. Have you heard about this company making stylish shoes? sustainable shoes and bags. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. Thank you. We're all about saving the environment. Rothy's are available in a range of styles and come in ever-changing array of colors and prints and patterns. As you know, you can even shop kids for your kiddos. The best part about these shoes is if you get them dirty, if you like to wear them without socks, you just throw them in the wash and then they're actually machine washable and then boom, it's like you've got a whole new pair. CNN says Rothy's are, quote, the comfiest slip-on shoes I've ever owned, period. And Julie J says that they're her favorite shoes of all time. They are truly, truly comfortable. Washable, durable, and flexible, Rothy's signature thread made from repurposed plastic water bottles minimizes their impact on the planet and maximizes comfort for you. I have to shout out our listener, Jay Hubs. She emailed me over the weekend, and she was like, Sarah, what is your code? I'm ordering my first pair of Rothy's. So, J-Hubs, congrats to you. Check out the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now it's rothys.com slash So it's almost more like a website. Type that in and then that will get you the code and the discount. Rothys.com slash frage, F-R-A-S-E. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash frage. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash frage today. Okay, Ben Higgins. Hello. I'm new to Bachelor Nation this year. I'm loving it. And what a season to start with the most controversy of all with Matt James. And is anyone else? Matt James to me, I started out with him. He was so hot. I was all about him. And then I don't know if it's just the nervous rubbing of the hands. But the more we go along, the the less attracted to him I am. And I can't quite pinpoint why. I don't know. what. Maybe it's the making out with the eyes open and he didn't realize at 28 years old you're not supposed to Maybe it's the controversy. I don't know. I can't, I can't decide. Anyway, it is it is amazing television. Um, and Ben Higgins, as many of you know, because I got messages over the weekend. You guys were like, you're going to have Ben on? Everyone's huge fans. Ben was on The Bachelorette. And then, I think he said now it's been like five years, was on was The Bachelor. Um, Lauren Bushnell, they got engaged. Then they even did a reality show following Ben and Lauren around to see if their relationship would work. And about a year later, they ended up breaking off their engagement. So in quarantine, Ben has written a book called Alone in Plain Sight. It's so good. I'm almost at the end of it. And I have to say, and Ben was was saying to me, come on, you can't tell me that you like the book if you don't like the book. I actually really like the book and I'll tell you why in the interview. This interview is very revealing. We talk about Chris Harrison. Um, You guys have probably seen all the updates that Chris is not coming back for the next season of The Bachelorette. So I I ask him like what he thought of that moment with Rachel Lindsay. He, He talks about that. And then Matt James, the rumor is, of course, that he picks Rachel Kirkconnell, who's had all the controversy with the antebellum picture. So I get Ben's take on... Does he think that they can survive? Because Ben has been through that scrutiny. Can they stay together? And the book is so great. It's about connection. It's about being vulnerable. And he also goes into detail about how he had a parasite. (laughs) Poor guy. While he was filming The Bachelor. And all the, no pun intended, shit that happened with that. So anyway, Ben Higgins is here. You were on The Bachelorette. You were The Bachelor only two seasons ago, right, Ben? Aren't we in season? No.
1: No, 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 no. Like was it five longer than that? Ago. Really? Yeah, I'm am getting older.
0: <laughs> getting a little distance on it. Um, but you recently this year in COVID wrote your book Alone in Plain Sight, which yeah. I was telling you before we started, is really good and makes me want to be way more have way more of a spiritual foundation because it truly is a book about connection and really about you exploring any insecurities and in your life and kind of making it have meaning
1: yeah i mean that's awesome to hear and and like i told you you know it's really great that you're saying that to my face and i and i hope you actually mean that because this was a two-year like this was a two-year project for me and it was one that was not easy like and, and not in like a oh my g- gosh this is the heart like it was just really hard to write a book i have a lot of like a lot of um uh just like gratitude for anybody out there that sits down right like i got to a point it was probably like six or seven chapters in that i hit a wall and when i say hit a wall like nothing was coming to me anymore and so i called mark tab who you see on it and said i need a friend like i need somebody to sit beside me i need somebody to ask me questions like dude i need something because i'm never gonna get this done um But the whole book was written to, I mean, my hope is that people just feel less alone after reading it and maybe like they matter a little bit more. And I think that's like, you know, I'm obviously a Christian. Like I believe in Jesus now because it's a really cool idea. Uh, And probably for all the reasons that people dislike Christians out there, I I would like to prove them wrong and say, that's not me. Like, you know, I just believe in Jesus. I believe in the uniting of all of us. Um, But just to have the, like for you to say hey I just want to explore this world a little bit more. Like I just want to like even ask the question like what this whole thing's about is a win for me. Like that's that's a cr- incredible.
0: Well, here's why I mean it because I was saying this to you and I don't mean this to be offensive. I mean it to be you have way more substance in this book than I expected from a reality mm-hmm. star. And that is what I really liked about it and got me hooked. You know, because I yeah. think a lot of times, reality people make their careers out of going to other reality shows and other reality, and they almost just continue to chase that fame. Whereas, yeah. really, in your book, it's a small fraction of your of the book. It's really, and, and I mean, I
1: yeah, there's only two sections on it, and I get it, right? I mean, you get like for me, my story is unique in the sense that like I had a job I was terrible at before the show, like a great job. I was going to get fired any day. Like, I couldn't hit a a base hit at that job. Um, And so you then get on the show and you get more money. Now, you don't really get paid to be on The Bachelorette at all, but you get more money, more attention, more opportunity. All of a sudden, people, like, are paying to meet you when, like, four months before – like I was in the bottom of a basement of a company, like in the storage closet, typing user manuals for a software. Like it's a wild switch and it's euphoric. It's it's uh, it, it, you feel like it's going to be fulfilling. You feel like you've hit it. You've made it. Um, And so I get why you keep doing it, but I had a big humbling moment in my life that pivoted me away from the pursuit of, of those shows. Now, granted, Fame or attention's been good for me. If I can stay getting people to be interested in buying a book that I wrote, I'm really happy with that. Like I don't want to lose that necessarily. But the pursuit of it is something like that can't be my strategy. That can't be my my outlook. That can't be a thing I'm reaching for.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it obviously shows in in the book and in your life, right? Because I think the, the sad thing is And you of course Talk about your own addiction And loneliness feelings In the book But so many people Who have fame Really are feeling that And never address it Never find a, a bigger Spiritual connection Talk to me about that I thought that part In the in the start of the book Was very fascinating We're, we're on the Bachelorette You kind of have this moment Where you really open up And you talk about feeling You know Lonely and insignificant And that's when people Really started to connect With you right In a way like The audience started to DM you and you would get messages from other people Why? Because it sounds like You you grew up like I did like many People middle class family your parents obviously Loved and adored you you had some tragedy With your father getting sick But you know to the outside world seems Like you had it all but you were really Feeling pretty inadequate
1: Yeah Yeah let's dive into that a bit it's interesting Because I'm going to say this In a way that it is not um, Thought through really well But let's see where it goes it's interesting that, you know, people when I was on The Bachelorette um, and, it, and and a fairly like quiet character on there, they they kind of when I was announced at The Bachelor, the biggest criticism was, you know, um, this cookie cutter um, has never experienced any tragedy, doesn't like just trying to get famous is now our bachelor. And then when I start admitting some stuff that I'm really dealing with and, I, and not just to do it to relate but like do it and i think it, it when it comes from a place of genuineness so you are like no i really struggle with this people see that and they're like okay that now stuff starts making sense on how he like handles himself then they start to go like me too i can relate with that but when a show highlights you as somebody unrelatable for example when your tagline on the season which mine was the perfect ben that's unrelatable that's untrue that's that's so far from the truth that people go, why do I want to watch a guy that I that I can't understand? But I guess with the book, I'm trying to say like, no, I've like I've, I've had massive addiction issues. Um, I've gone through tragedy. Now I don't want to quantify it and say my tragedy is worse. Tragedy is worse than others. I don't know that. I can't claim that. There's no way to gauge that. But I've I've felt pain.
0: Well and you've been rejected right you applied to a top business school I thought that was a really you know great moment because again looking at you from the outside you're attractive you're like all these things but you know you've been through what we've all experienced which is rejection heartache you know um, addiction uh, you know feeling like oh my god you could lose your father you know a lot.
1: A lot yeah I mean a lot for me because it's my story um. And I think it's for anybody, like when you go through seasons of pain, it's how you handle it. The One of the things in the book that I I say, but I don't try to prove, because I I think it might be unhealthy to try to prove it, is there's two things that connect us as people. Now, these are both like really sad outlooks, but I think they can be beautiful. One is death. We're all going to die. That's a really heavy idea, but it's going to happen. And I talk about it with Annie's chapter. The second is that we've all experienced pain. Now, there's people in this world that could argue that they've never experienced hope or true joy based on life situations like there are people that i've talked to that said i don't know what hope feels like because hope is believing in what what happened in the past can happen in the future and my past really sucks like i don't want that again and so the two things that can connect us are that we've all experienced some level of pain we all are going to die and so what does it look like when we can look across the table at somebody and go I know if everything else falls apart, we have two things that we can lean on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, how did, okay, do you think it's possible to find connection without religion? Because you, you know, you admit in the book, it's, you, you treated people like shit at times. You know, you yeah. start to kind of come back, you sort of rejected God, you rejected this idea of Christianity, you know, but then you kind of get back to your spirituality, right? But do you think it's possible for people, because the religion thing, like politics, right, is very everybody, you know, everyone has an opinion on that. Some people, you know, don't believe in anything, don't want a spiritual foundation. Do you think it's possible, though, to have a really meaningful life if you don't connect with God?
1: Well, sure. Um, I do. I. I what I want to do, though, is follow truth wherever it is. Now, that's a really lofty statement. It sounds very evangelical. And, like, please don't mis- miss, Phrases, but what I what I mean is, in the healthiest ways, if anything, I do think God can the idea of God can humble us, so it makes us realize we're not the biggest things out there. I think that's one really important factor. I think the second though is it gives us a purpose here. Um, you know, when I look at Jesus and why I believe in Jesus, is really a couple things, but really, if you fall down on it, because Jesus called me and told us. To love our neighbor love our neighbor and love God. If I can do those two things, life seems to work out better. Like life seems to have more meaning and more purpose. Um I do think you can love others well and you can have a meaningful life full of impact. Uh I think though the that if you can find a relationship with God or if you if it's impossible for you to at least pursue the idea that you're not the greatest thing out there, I do think that allows you to know your place in this world. And I think a a humble stance of knowing that you aren't the end-all be-all is a good perspective. But I believe in Jesus because I believe in Jesus. Now, I'm not going to tell you, you have to believe this to have a meaningful life. I think that would dilute the ability and the opportunity that Humans have to connect
0: Okay so tell me Okay, the, the only part in the book I was like trying to piece together The kind of timeline Where were you Spiritually with your addiction When you were on The Bachelorette And then The Bachelor Were you still battling those issues Or can, or can, had you kind of Found yourself a little bit
1: Uh, You know it's interesting Like addiction You know I I've, I've, Mine was interesting Because it was an opioid addiction Like it was um for years after i had a surgery and um and i just kept getting prescribed and it lasted really um through college into the my next year after college um but i was getting better like i was recognizing that i wanted to heal like i was doing like some work to get rid of it for years i was just in it and then i started to like get some like some opportunities to rehab um when I won the Bachelor, I was no longer like dependent, I guess, on a substance. Okay. Um, and it, and since then I haven't, uh, you know, been either. But it's always there, right? Like it's always something like, in my, uh, in my weakest moments, most hurtful moments, like it's still there to lean on. Um, so I can't say like, yeah, it's gone, but it's just something that I've worked towards, to develop tools, so I don't have to get back in that place because it wasn't a good place for me.
0: Oh my God! Yeah, no. I mean, even I mean, what a gift to be sober. I mean, you know, out of that addiction. I mean, that alone, some people can never do. I mean, so that's that's pretty amazing. In the, I'm going to say that. Oh yeah, go ahead, please.
1: Well, I just want to say, like, that's part of why I wrote that chapter too, is to say if you're in it, like, if you are currently addicted to something, like, I don't want, I didn't want that chapter to add more shame and guilt on you. I know what it feels like to hide it, to hide it from yourself. Sometimes to hide it from others. I just wanted to highlight that, like you know, other people have been there too. Some people have recovered, some people haven't. But I just didn't want to add more shame and guilt to it because it's something that's already so hard to talk about that I, I thought maybe possibly my story could at least, if there's a reader out there, could say, okay, I'm in this. I know it's not making me the best version of myself. So either I can like work to, to get better or if, I, if I'm if i not interested in that, at least I'm not alone in this season of life. Um, so that's I just... I just don't want it to be a more of a shame-filled, guilt-filled thing because it's it shouldn't be that at all.
0: Quick break to thank one of our sponsors. Talk ship to me. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Anyway, um, look, guys, love giving you new products. <laughs> love, love when you support our sponsors on this show. Ship Station is one of our newest ones, and you guys have been taking advantage of the Sarah Fraser Code, selling your items, whether you're starting an online business, whether you already have one. Ship Station allows you to sell stuff online. You're definitely in the right business because more people are shopping online than ever before. That means a lot of odd orders coming in and a lot of orders you'll need to ship out fast. That's why online sellers like you need ShipStation. No matter how much you sell, ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all of your orders. I know I have a free account. I need to get my act together and sell more Sarah Fraser merch, but that's another story. You can ship with any carrier, access discounted shipping rates, and more. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation funnels all of your orders into one simple interface that can you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. You'll even get access to amazing discounts with major carriers including UPS, FedEx, and USPS. Boom, so easy. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. Don't believe me? Go check out their reviews online. Just use my offer code TSFS. You get 60 days free trial. What do you have to lose? So go to ShipStation.com right now. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in TSFS, the Sarah Fraser show. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code TSFS and make ship happen. Now, I didn't get the vibe from your book at all that you were preachy. I didn't, I, personally, I, I. that's the other thing I liked about it. I didn't think it was at all like, you know, it wasn't a self-help, like, you should do this, you should do that. It was It was truly, like you said, this is my experience, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Talk to me about this part of the book, because I was fascinated. I wanted you to go deeper into this. You kind of talk about, like, goals and dreams are, like, maybe a blessing and a curse for people. hmm what did you mean by that? I thought this was interesting because, you know, we're in a goal oriented society where everybody, they're selling you a a course to reach your goals. It's like you can't escape your goddamn goals. So tell me what you meant by that.
1: Well, one thing I want to preface this and probably the reason the book I hope isn't preachy, that'd be a real, like that could be maybe be the most offensive thing somebody could say to me is like, this book just sounded like you're preaching to me the whole time. And like, um, I didn't want it to be that I wanted it to be a place of relatability because I've fallen short so many times Yeah. Um, that like I can't sit here and write a book and tell you how to live your life that would be really uh in inauthentic to like my, my story and so I just wanted to highlight some questions that I found helpful in my journey and then also the stories of others um to highlight like their life stories so that they can give some wisdom and insight into what they've been through but when it comes to goals and dreams, you know, I, I grew up in the uh, in the generation where we are told at a young age, you can be president, you can be an, a professional athlete, you can be a doctor and a lawyer. And we like and, I, and it's not like I think the sentiment behind it is fine. What, really, what people are trying to say is like you can be anything you want to be. That's awesome. But when we put start putting labels on it and expectations on it, then when we don't meet those expectations, we feel like we failed. My generation is also a generation that is full of failure and has had had felt that failure. And I think that's unhealthy because the people that drive me places uh, Ben Rector's song is a great song for this. Like the people that drive me places and, and Ubers and taxis like they're incredible humans. And like I would be surprised if many of them at a young age were told you could be a taxi driver. Like, that's not a thing. But how right. incredible of a job is that? Like, they're keeping us safe. They're having great conversation. They're a connecting point for so many. They help us. Our lives get better. Like And, and maybe, so maybe those kids...
0: they what? Maybe they just genuinely enjoy it. You know, you, none of those jobs are glamorized. You know, it's like, be an astronaut, be a doctor. You know, but it's like, maybe you really love to drive.
1: Mm, maybe you do. And like, that should be something that we should celebrate and not look at as oh we just didn't get to be a doctor so the whole to summarize all of this i have a buddy who from a young age was told he could be a doctor he's super smart he went on to med school he he became a doctor and all of a sudden his life hit him and he goes this doesn't feel like what i thought it would feel like like i've worked my whole life to be a doctor now you know i'm 31 years old almost 32 so my friends are starting to become doctors who so went to school for it and they and and he said this isn't what I wanted to do. Like, this isn't what I wanted. And so it feels like this goal and this dream that he had as a young kid and the things that his you know his family and friends pushed him towards is now something that's unfulfilling. Because ultimately, inside of that, he lost himself. He gave up 30 years of his life in this pursuit of what he thought would be fulfilling. While at the same time, he missed out on everything going on around
0: him. Damn. Well, I- Okay, so in your opinion, what do you think we should be telling the next generation? Like, because I'm with you. Although I feel like you and I had similar parents, because I think you talk about your parents. Like, they really didn't say that to you, right? They were, like, telling you that you weren't that great?
1: Yeah, well, they never said that, but they were like...
0: <laughs> oh, my, did. Mine were like, don't worry, yeah, you're not like, that great. There was
1: never this moment where I felt like they were like, oh, he's a prodigy. Like, <laughs> this kid this kid is going to on like i think most time their prayers are like just help him make it somehow like god like figure out that special sauce that will get bent over the edge it's like oh okay the bachelor yeah it works like i mean you know so no that was never a feeling i had but it was a feeling that like maybe teachers even had told me is like um or like in group settings like you know, a teacher would stand up in front of class and they, we're going to have lawyers and doctors and maybe presidents in this room. And so we're all like, oh, that's the goal. Like, that's the expectation. And then now, you know, when I was sitting writing user manuals for a living, I felt like a failure right. and I wasn't like, it was a great job and I wasn't good at it, but it was a great job. Um, and so, you know, what we should be telling this next generation, I think is things that are true, not expectations, but things that are true, which is, um you matter you have a purpose um people need you uh and and start to maybe i mean and again like i can only speak from my perspective in life which is a life like which comes from my faith but like i think if you just summarized it and like hey love others well like you know if you believe in god like love god well like i think if we just told our kids like just love others listen to their stories um And follow this journey and pursue whatever it is that like fires you up in your heart, whatever your passion lies for. I think that's a healthy thing. But like, let's not put labels and expectations on.
0: I love it. And that's what I like about the mental health discussion now, because I'm like, God, we got to teach younger people too. like. It's more important to have your mental health and not, you know, and to deal with addiction issues or to deal with your, you know, the feelings that you might have of loneliness or inadequacy or, you know, self-esteem. Those are more, if you can just heal yourself and live as a loving human being, like you're saying, that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, that's what so many people want, but can't find.
1: Massive accomplishment and not an easy, not an easy task. Um,
0: And not easy, right? Right.
1: Not easy. And something that should be celebrated. Like, can we start celebrating the things in life that really matter? You know, it's interesting. There's a song that I, I didn't write about in the book. I should have, but it happened right after I got finished with it. Uh, it's funny. I'm not a huge Bieber fan. I like I, I like his music just fine. But he came out with this song, Lonely. And it talks yes. about his story as a kid being the celebrity that everybody worshipped. And yet, in the whole time, he felt lonely. He felt like he was being used. He felt like nobody could connect with him. And it's similar, I think, to how many people feel today is we're operating in this world, we're doing this stuff, yet we're, you know, we're being used. We're not ever really fully able to take a step back and connect on the things that matter. And I think that's such an interesting perspective to have when it comes to, um, like, even this conversation about expectations and goals is, like, can we start focusing on who the human is and not exactly what they do?
0: Did you feel that way, by the way, on The Bachelor? Because in 20, I think it was 2017, you know, when you and Lauren did call off the engagement. I mean, you guys were the most Googled relationship or whatever of that year. Um, how did that, I mean, did could you relate to that song personally, too?
1: Yeah, is that a good accomplishment? You're the most Googled breakup? Um <laughs>
0: You have a great sense of humor about it so. yeah
1: that's cool um, no but
0: Terrific. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I could because again I I go on this reality show and I mean this in not a self-deprecating way but like I told you like I go on this show with not any skill sets like I didn't work for this. This wasn't a thing that like as a kid I was like I'm going to prep myself to be this bachelor guy. Um, and so there's not a lot of like ownership and like pride and celebration in it. Like, it's not an accomplishment. It's a thing that was handed to me. And so as it was handed to me, then also like that tagline, the perfect bin came out and then people start criticizing you and celebrating you all at the same time. And you feel like all these people on the outside have an opinion of you, but they don't know you. And so it does feel lonely. Granted, I have a great family and some great friends that help me um, feel connected. Now, I haven't felt that way in every situation in my life, but they help like, invest into me. happy price go to your happy price price line now i just wonder about somebody out there that maybe doesn't have that the same things that i've been given how they would process it and feel uh and and that's really who i want to speak to is because i know in my weakest moments even though i was handed a lot of things in my life um i felt this way what about somebody that like actually has tangible ability to validate why they feel lonely
0: Quickly after Because there is a chapter You know you do talk about Lauren and And the the breakup And you know the reality show Of ABC following you guys Around to see if you're Going to make it How quickly after you Proposed did you know Like oh my god This is not going to work Because Because you, you see in the book Like you didn't even know Her middle name You guys didn't even know Each other's middle names
1: Yeah is that weird <laughs> um, I don't think it was That soon I think it took like I think it was like this Idea that no this could work This could be something Special um and then you know really i think when we started to like work together uh and we also started to talk about like ideas and uh, our plans like we knew and i I say in the book like we knew we were not going to be a match like it wasn't the partnership that you would desire in fact i felt like both of us were kind of like a lot of respect but we're missing the mark like we're just keep continuing to miss the mark when it comes to communication um and 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 helping each other become better humans, and so I think at that point we started to realize that even though neither of us, at least I'll speak for myself, like we didn't want to give it up. Um, and then at some point, like it, it kind of hit the wall where it's like this isn't going anywhere good. Like this just continues to get harder, and we've tried, and so maybe just possibly this isn't the right thing. And yeah, and I, and that took a while. It took a, a, I mean, we were together eighteen months. I think it took, uh, you know, over a year for us to really start to get to there.
0: Damn. I, I also love the recent story that when you did The Bachelor, you you had a parasite that year that you'd picked up. I don't know. How, you must have been like in between heading to the fantasy suite and going to the bathroom and trying to come back. And and why didn't producers want you to, I mean, they probably just didn't want you to reveal it cuz what? It was just like everyone would think it was gross. Like, how you did that? That was crazy
1: it's wild no it, you know i didn't i don't think they didn't want me to reveal it i don't think anybody knew and oh, so okay we would go like i would get i was just sick the whole time why i say sick like you think of your i'm not without going into detail you can assume how sick i was
0: <laughs> i can i can imagine you're there at the rose ceremony you're like chris one moment and then it's just like you gotta get yeah,
1: well, we canceled a cocktail party in the bahamas um not mean the whole show was set up to do it because of my sickness and my inability to like leave a room and he was like chris came in and he's like can we do this i was like i don't think so um poor amanda stanton i remember i was on a date with her one night and we're sitting like talking and i was like i'm sorry i've got to like she was in the middle of like a and i was like i got to go and i like ran off and she's like everything okay like i know well okay so really funny like many funny moments behind the scenes because i'm a guy again with uh felt like hey i can do this thing i can be the bachelor not a ton of confidence like not like i didn't, you know just like trying to make it work and then at the same time you're this sick the whole time and like kind of embarrassed about it um but it wasn't until after the show that i really went into the doctor and got diagnosed because on the show oh. they kept saying like hey it's nervous stuff like stomach it's it's nerves it's anxiety and i'm like yeah it is like i'm nervous and anxious this whole time so like that makes sense uh and then afterwards like when i finally went to the doctor like you know you have like a worm growing in your gut and has like multiplied i'm like well that would make sense
0: Oh yeah. my god Well and you probably picked it up Because I know you do a lot of work And you talk about your work in Honduras and, and I think I'm not sure if it was India Or maybe somewhere else So you must have picked it up On a tri- on a trip right?
1: Yeah I was at I know exactly when I did it I was at my buddy's wedding in Honduras And Honduras is a great place I was just down there a week and a half ago I love Honduras um, But like just like um, Let's say sanitation, refrigeration Like prep food prep is different there than it is in the U S like there's, there's like bacteria there that Hondurans are used to, or maybe they're not that like us in the U S are not used to It's Just the way like international travel works, no matter where you go. And so I did get it down there and it was, so that was, yeah, four months, five months that I had had it, uh, by the time it got like, you know, diagnosed.
0: Oh my God. And then you- it was bad actually kill it they must give you antibiotics right that just kill it then you obviously go to the bathroom and maybe like the dead worm or whatever is is there
1: it's, it's two weeks of this thing that they like the doctor like told me it was like pill form of like the like a low-grade chemo like it shocks your system like if you my buddies tell me when that i was taking it i smelt like medicine like you like it smelt like hospital like i could like you could they could hear it like it was a because it had the worm had like reproduced itself so like there wasn't just one there was like multiple little ones in my Mm -hmm. gut that like yeah they're out. wreaking
0: Havoc oh my god I Cannot believe you went Through that on the Bachelor all right I Want to do a, I want to Come back to the book But I want to do like A lightning round Obviously this season You know people have So many thoughts it's Been so wild and Contentious yeah. one more Reminder for you guys On um, my patreon is such A great way to support The show uh, behind the Scenes costs that you Guys have I do this Actually full time for A living now which is Pretty amazing I kind Of love that thanks to You guys patreon.com Slash the Sarah Frazier for just five Dollars a month you Can support my producer, my videographer and editor. The money goes to a great cause and you get actually additional content. Right now I'm focusing because so many of you reach out to me about mindful eating. You know I gave up dieting. Diets do not work. I am anti-diet. I am anti-Fitbit. I am anti-calorie tracking. I am completely embracing who you are and learning to that no food is off limit and actually helping to resolve your emotional eating and binge eating issues. I did about seven years ago. I ended up losing 30 plus pounds and have kept it off for seven years. The goal of mindful eating isn't even to lose weight. It's actually just to heal your relationship with food and not make food the center of your life, which it was for me from the moment I woke up until I went to bed, beating myself up about how much I hated my body. I overate, I binge date and basically felt like Who would ever love me Once they knew that I was overweight Or had issues with food So I've launched a seven-part series With my longtime mindful eating therapist Robin Mize It's up Um, I believe episode four is getting ready to drop April 1st You want to subscribe If you've ever been curious about mindful eating If you've been in the diet trap your whole life Patreon.com slash The Sarah Frazier Show I also put some fun entertainment stuff in there as well You can see our gender baby review Video that's up and some new videos coming soon. Patreon.com slash the Sarah Fraser Show, just five dollars a month. Um, okay, talk to me about this. This season with Matt James, you have some you always have some interesting women, you always have some interesting character men. Someone like Queen Victoria, which clearly Matt James had no connection with. Is that the producer saying, Look, this woman is great television? You're gonna keep her around. Like you know the inside.
1: Yeah, maybe at the end. Um so how that works typically at least in my experience i haven't been on many other sets but like you're as the bachelor we watch it as fans and we like kind of operate as god right we can see everything going on um so she's in the house like arguing with the women and then he doesn't see that nor does he hear about it until somebody brings it up like that's not a thing he knows about and so for a while i'm assuming he was curious and I'm sure the producers like you Yeah, being curious is a good thing. Stay curious about her. Like what, what is that? What is that thing with Victoria? You're feeling sensing like, is that really, is that a special thing or is that you're not into it? And then once people started to bring it up, I'm sure Matt was like, Hey, I don't think I'm okay with this. And the producer probably said, okay, well like next week, you know, if you want to let her go, you should let her go. But he kind of has to bring it to the table because it gets a really dangerous balance with that show. If, the producers ha- start acting like they have all the input because their lead will reject it pretty fast. Like they'll be like, "Well, this isn't my experience. This is your experience, and I'm just following along." So they're very careful about when, how, and where they start to input their insight. That's- they're they're never against though. Like kind of like fueling the curiosity. Like you should stay. You keep asking her the right questions. And
0: she's great television. She has yeah. such good TV. Okay, now what is with, you know, obviously Bachelor Nation, it's its whole thing. And you, you know, you have a podcast you guys obviously talk about. You and Ashley, I talk about um, yeah. The Bachelor in your Almost Famous podcast. So after you leave, what do you get, like a long-term contract essentially to stay within Bachelor Nation? You You hear kind of Rachel Lindsay mention this. So how does well. that...
1: Yeah, Rachel's different. So she is signed on with Warner Brothers still because of her podcast with Warner Brothers and her work with Extra. So Rachel has a has a long like a new contract that she signed, um, and I don't even I would have no clue what that looks like. I've never signed a Warner Brothers contract post my time on the show. Now on the show, you have a contract that only lasts a few months after the like the final airing of the your season. Okay. Um, Now, there's some, like, perpetuity in there, right? Like, hey, like, they can, like, have a commercial with my face on it, and, like, that's theirs to have. But my responsibility to them is no, like, longer to, like, do what they say. But Rachel's different because she's re-upped her contract With Warner Brothers to do some of the stuff That she's working on
0: Um, When you first saw, and I know you've spoken on this When you first saw that interview with Chris and Rachel What were your thoughts? Because, you know, I'm actually a new Bachelor fan And it seems like Chris, you know, doesn't have a lot to say And yet came alive in that interview Like suddenly had some serious things to say When you first watch it, were you like Oh, fuck, like this guy is in for it Like, what did you think?
1: Well, I sit in a weird position, right? Because I I really uh, admire and I'm a friend with Rachel. Um, I'm also a really good friend with Chris. Like, yeah, like, like, and like, not just like from the show, like I, I'm I'm a friend, like, and I will say that publicly, like, I really am a friend to Chris. And, and so I watched it more of a, um, I think, like, probably anybody close to the situation did like, what's going on here? Like, there's, there's yet yeah, didn't feel like him like it's not the him like not to chris i know um and i can't speak to i have been able to speak to him but i'm not asking him like why did you do this like it's more of uh you know trying to understand like where his head's at and be a friend to him now um but i watched it and it's like these things aren't going to be helpful like these things aren't helping the conversation Um, these, the the words are not words that I've ever heard him speak or say. So the question was like, what in the world is going on? And then it was, yeah, it was, this is not going to be good, but maybe, and I think over time now I look at it and go, maybe just possibly it can be good because of the conversations now we're able to have the moments we're able to all witness and learn from like, if done in the healthy way, this can, I think, unite. Bachelor yeah. nation um, But yeah I watched it and I was like this doesn't Feel like him
0: Right I think a lot of People felt that way And you know we're down To two women for Matt James if if Matt picks Rachel which part of When I watched that Interview with Chris I Thought you know he's Defending basically the Winner yeah. here so that my Prediction but do you Think Matt and Rachel Kirkconnell can survive All this this stuff That's come up about her What's your it you know It's just a random Prediction but what do You think
1: I think they can i think it's gonna be really hard um yeah. like that's a very obvious statement i just made i think they can but coming off of the show it's already hard enough you have you know they're gonna sit in interviews if she's the one at the end and matt's gonna be asked about the other woman she's gonna to have to hear that um he's gonna still be the bachelor for the next few months and she's going to be the one that he chose like that's a not a great dynamic in a relationship where there's an inequality and kind of like he's the one that was the bachelor she's the one that was chosen and you know are they going to stay together it's going to be really hard but it's hard for every couple that's why i think the couples that do make it you see them being in an incredible place um because they've been through some stuff like they've had to have really tough conversations very early on um, but it's not easy I, I mean, I've come from my experience Like, yeah. it's, it, it can go south quickly
0: What's the most awkward part of the show? I mean, to me, it's the fantasy suites Where, you know, you've got a camera in your face Or you're trying to make out There's fireworks in the background The anticipation is you're going to have sex with this woman I mean, it's got to be What was the most awkward part for you? I mean, maybe it was the parasite But it's just like It's it's just an awkward show in, in ways
1: y- Yes um. <laughs> Uh, you know the the awkward thing on the show for me was the breakups um and then also any affection anybody showed you in front of other people like you're trying to navigate a relationship with a lot of people and then you have one person that's like maybe a little bit more like into pda than the others and you're like i not now like no not you can't the next part the most awkward moment i remember because I might just be a terrible human, but a lot of part of the show wasn't that bad to me. Like I was pretty fine with like the process of being on the show, it made sense. I thought everybody, you know, agreed to be there. So I didn't feel bad about a lot of things. And it's like, yeah, okay, this is just a weird deal. We're all doing together. It's watching it back. And I did a, a, um, a watch party with my grandma and my oh, okay. parents and my friends. And then they do like the close-up scenes, and it's like you can hear the kissing, and your grandma's sitting there watching it with you, and you're just like, Mm-mm, "I don't <laughs> want this. I don't want this at all." Like you just want—it's not—it's—it really makes this non-fun. <laughs>
0: It it really is such an amazing show. Um, two more questions for you. You've you've moved on. You found amazing uh, love. You're engaged to a woman, Jessica. Now um, she's obviously on your social media in your life. You talk about her in the book. Um, but you know, here uh, this is what you've disclosed. You disclosed that you two are saving yourself for marriage. And I wonder why why did you choose to share that publicly? Because I'm sure people follow up now all the time.
1: Well, okay. Two things. One, it's not like the ideal thing to share publicly, Um, but I like because I do a lot of speaking and work in like Christian circles. It's something that's brought up. Um, And so I don't want to answer it incorrect, like or lie about it and like not answer it. Like that's not a way I want to navigate this world. So when you're asked about like a living situation, you're asked about like um, what your views are on sex before marriage you have to speak to it and my my statement about that is like you know i went to college and studied sex ed like i don't have necessarily a massive problem with couples deciding to have sex before marriage i think that's an, a couple's decision i just know of the power of sex i know the power that comes with it and jessica and i when we started dating realized this was something special and we made that commitment to each other um so that was our personal choice there isn't any like Law-abiding thing that we're holding to—it's like no, this is what we want to do because you know we—I believe it's best. She believes it's best. Granted, we we still made that commitment to each other, but when we did that, we were supposed to get married last November.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the time frame was much shorter, right?
1: <laughs> much shorter,
0: much much shorter. Please get married over the internet. I mean, I want you two to have sex at this point. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I know you clearly have a great bond, and you put God first, but. That, yes, we, now we're, we've got to make an exception.
1: <laughs> now the joke's just getting too funny. Like now it's just like, all right. And then a pandemic hits. Um, and like, not, not only does a pandemic hit, but then every wedding gets pushed back. So every place is booked. So this has just been one like kind of joke for both of us over the last year, but it's still something we're, we're doing. It's still something we've committed to um we still believe it's healthiest it's just not like at this point it's kind of like this is getting to be ridiculous
0: i know Uh, so wait so you still have not consummated the relationship have you moved up the wedding date
1: uh no it's the wedding date we booked so no we had to just go a year out so november of this year so we got some months left
0: you are hanging in there you guys are you i will i will pray for you You you're gonna stay celibate till then well Maybe yes. okay, you're so good, Ben. That's amazing. And it's great. It speaks to your Christian beliefs, and I think that's really important. And I admire it. And a lot of people say it does strengthen the relationship. Sierra and Russell Wilson said that it was a great decision for them.
1: And and I believe it will be. Like ultimately, um it's been really great for us. We've we've built a foundation on I mean, communication and of how to show intimacy in other ways and how to be close to each other without the act and like that's been awesome like we have great conversations we have really great moments together i do think we have a great foundation built. um i don't i'm not gonna like preach and say it's for everybody but what i can say it's been really good for us uh and you know we have something to look forward to
0: i guess i mean i, I loved I it look you <laughs> I want a full report I mean, I'm looking forward To this for you too uh, The book is called Alone in Plain Sight You also have an awesome podcast With Ashley I It's been an Ashley I Almost Famous podcast Which is always trending In the top, you know 200 on podcasts And you guys talk Bachelor Nation You, all, you obviously talk Your own life um, Last question for you What is your favorite chapter In this book?
1: There's many, but if I had to highlight one, I think it's just the one that was most special to me is one with Annie. So I got the opportunity to speak with a girl who was 22. She knew she had about three weeks left to live at 22 years old. And she gave up some of her time in those last three weeks to talk to me and share with me that as she stared down the face of death, what life meant to her, what was important to her, what she would... uh, encourage others to pursue and that that chapter changed me forever it will always hold a special place in my life but it affected me forever
0: oh my god i mean you talk about live 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 now i mean and i loved when she said like i don't want to meet taylor swift because people think i'm sick i've done you know way more than that i thought that that chapter was awesome and i can see how meeting her was life-changing
1: it was so that's that's I mean, there's so many Brandon and Avery story and, and my other buddy stories and my story, you know, the, the formation of generous is a big deal to me. It's still what my full time job is today. And it's came not only from the show, but, um, you know, from the platform kind of handed to me. And so, like, all of that stuff is stuff that's really meaningful to me. And so I would highlight those.
0: Awesome, Ben, you were great Thank you so much for being on the show uh, The book is, re- I'm not blowing smoke It's really good, it has way more substance Than I think people will even Imagine, so I really liked it
1: Yeah, and if you're not a Bachelor Fan, you can still read it, like there's very few Amount of sections, like just a few Paragraphs on The Bachelor, I really wanted To do that so people outside the show could read it So if you're if you're watching, this, like, I, I don't like this show This guy seems like a tool Because um, he was The Bachelor, at least you can read the book And still some, get something out of it
0: Perfect. That was awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.